Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Research to Empower Masterclass series. I'm Grace Liu, joined by my sister Jessica. We're talking about research in a way that's easy to digest and fun. Buckle up, because today's episode is going to be a little bit long, but we'll try to make writing a research paper interesting. Is that even possible? It sure is. I like to think of it as a journey or an adventure or a game with myself. That's kind of sad, playing a game with yourself. Well, if you put it that way, not really, but sort of. Okay, it's all about how you frame it, how you look at it. You could either say, "Oh, this is making me miserable. I hate this so much. Why did I ever do this to myself?" Or you could say, "I'm doing myself a good service. I want to compete with myself to see how far I can go. I choose to be happy about this." How does that work? And also, how far I can go? That's a Mulan quote. Are you sure? Oh yeah, it's a song How from Moana. How far can I go? I don't know if that's the right thing. I know. Remember, we used to always listen to that because mm-hmm. you were obsessed with Moana once. Yeah. But we're going off topic again, anyway. So, well, how I like to play a game with myself, quote unquote, and make myself happy while writing a research paper is by finding a nice, chill, like music playlist. Usually, like those ten-hour-long videos on YouTube, lo-fi, hip-hop, that kind of stuff. And then I put that in the background. And on days when you need that, like, extra little bit of comfort, I'll make myself a nice hot cup of tea. You do that after every single recording. I know it like soothes your voice. You're such a grandma. No, hey, you just insulted like millions of teens out there, including me, who are obsessed with tea and especially like boba tea because technically boba tea, most of them. No, you're obsessed with those like tea bag teas that are like bitter and like medicine like. No, okay, but those those can still make like milk tea, which is the liquid that you use for bubble tea. I which... sucked your tea bag once, and it was disgusting. I. That's because it's been like drained of its good essence. Anyway, this is not a podcast about tea, but I love tea, and I I always drink like the decaffeinated ones. Although... You said it wasn't about tea. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, find a nice comfy chair and make it easy for yourself to start writing the gosh darn research paper. That's a lot of work just to get started. That's a good point. Sometimes I don't do any of this. Sometimes I just sit down and get to work, tippity tapping on my computer. Tippity tapping doesn't that sound like the Cinderella like godmother? Uh-huh. Like I don't really know. That's like off topic. Anyway, I usually just sit down and then just get to work. I'll have something next to me to hydrate myself, like a bottle of water, but that's about it. And I'm talking about this whole process because I try to have this. Process on days when I'm not feeling so motivated because we all have our ups and downs, right? You have days when you feel like you're on top of the world and you can do anything,、yeah. and then other days you just feel like lying in bed and watching YouTube.、Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm sharing this because it can help motivate you. It puts me personally in a motivated, joyful mood. You all might not need any of this or have the time to do so because this does take precious time that you could be using writing a research paper. I mention this because 
sometimes the hardest step is to just get started right if you have if you tell yourself oh my god i need to write a research paper like in 24 hours that sounds scary okay even for me yeah but framing it in a way so that it's more like a journey like an adventure that you're taking and you get to design your own course that makes it sound a little bit more fun and then telling yourself to just get started and don't worry about anything else just like pretend to not worry about anything else and just get started is really important so i want to emphasize that you shouldn't emphasize the setup process okay so I want to make clear that this whole process, getting started, is important, but you also don't want to get stuck procrastinating procrastinating while pretending that you're not procrastinating, which I do all the time. Do you ever, like, find excuses for yourself? Yeah. You're like, I'm technically not procrastinating because I'm watching a YouTube video or five YouTube videos about how to not procrastinate and motivate yourself so it's fine right but the point of this all is that you want to just get started and just break that wall like break the ice and but at the same time you don't want to spend so much time like convincing yourself like just do it okay just try not to get stuck procrastinating while pretending that you're not procrastinating So that leads me to me asking you all a question. And this is kind of like an opening exercise. What puts you into a good motivated mood? How can you make your research experience as close to a game and as enjoyable as possible? Okay, let's say I have all that done. My music is playing and I have a soft blanket with me. How can I actually get started on writing the research paper? That's a good question. If you have been taking good notes and answering the question prompt seriously, like this exercise that I just mentioned, those two questions that I just asked, you can write them down and answer it on the Research to Empower website. So if you've been following that, then you just made your life so much easier and this process will be a lot easier because you can kind of just copy and paste some of you've, what you've already written. For example, if you wrote a detailed explanation about your research methodology when we asked you to do so during the question prompt, then that section is already in progress and you're that much closer to getting it done. Of course, If you haven't done any of that, don't worry, I completely feel you. Let's begin by envisioning our target audience. Why? How, huh? Isn't this like a research class? Yes, but you want to keep in mind who you're writing to. That way you also have your purpose and your motivation in mind. So think, who can take actions on or be affected by the problems of this research. It helps to envision the audience's age, gender, education level, and other factors. I mean, just think about it. Like, it makes sense. If you're writing to the general audience, right, the public, you would write differently to them compared to if you're writing to experts. The general audience would have no idea what a lot of the jargon you use means if you don't if you write it in that way and by the way jargon is special words or expressions that 
people use when they're in a particular like profession and this is often difficult for others who are not in that profession to understand because they're just not in that circle how do you do the actual writing bit okay this will be a lot to take in so let me slow it down and start with a general overview most papers contain certain sections so there is a kind of research paper almost like a template and you can probably find some of those templates online or if you're already exploring which journals or conferences to submit to but anyway i'm getting ahead of myself so research papers typically have a title page an abstract an introduction a literature review we've been over that mm -hmm. a methodology section their findings of course and the discussion then a conclusion sometimes an acknowledgments and appendix section so not all sections have to be included it really depends and now i'll go into a bit more detail about each section so listen up and this is the part where i strongly suggest you take notes the first is the title page which includes the author which is you and your contact information so your name your affiliation which is for example the school that you're in that's the title page and of course as the name says it includes the title so how do we write a title sometimes you just don't want to overthink it but at the same time you have to make sure that it's a good enough title right because that's the first impression of your research so your title should include something to indicate the broader area of the research which is your overarching topic and it doesn't have to necessarily like if you're researching in biology or you're researching about animals and stuff like that you don't necessarily have to put the word animals and then like colon blah 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 blah, blah. you as long as you have like some like kind of keywords to say that then it might be okay so besides that general area that you want to indicate you want to narrow it down to the specific focus of your research what exactly you're doing and it's basically like a one sentence summary of what you've done probably you can even take it from like your key research question okay now the first part is done the title page now the second part is the abstract and what is an abstract you might say it's basically just a short summary of your entire research usually like a paragraph that's 150 to 300 words long that's a general ballpark different journals different conferences will have different requirements for how long your abstract should be but that's a general range that you can probably adhere to for now if you don't have a particular journal or conference in mind that you want to submit to more on that later of course i'm getting ahead of myself again so the point of an abstract is to get the readers give them a gist of your paper quickly so they can decide if you want to read the full paper and now you might think oh so i have to make it super super attractive so that they'll want to read my paper right like it should be a hook kind of yes and kind of no your hook should more it should be in your introduction which i'll get to in a second and your abstract 
basically prepares the reader to follow the detailed information in your paper and your arguments in your paper. So this would more realistically look like a sentence or two summary of each key section. Maybe you want a sentence to introduce and hook your reader, then a sentence on the literature review, and then a sentence or two about your methodology, and a sentence or two about your findings, and then your conclusions and so on. You get the point. So that's an abstract. It's quite simple, really. Then the third part that we want to talk about is the introduction. This is the first part of your main body, because the abstract and title page is still not part of your like actual paper yet, what you've written and stuff. This main body is what you want to focus on right now. So the introduction is basically like with any introduction that you write for an essay or a paper or whatever, you want to start with a strong hook. You want to like reel the reader in, okay, and get them to be interested about your topic. How do you do this? It can be through a statistic or an eye-catching fact that makes them want to care about what you're talking about, okay? And your mission in this introduction is to guide the reader into your topic, establish some of the key ideas, give them like a little taste right now. And this also includes why you wanted to write the paper in the first place. And that's basically why your topic is so important. Why did you decide to dedicate so much of your, your precious time and, and energy into research and researching this topic especially? Well, you want to put that in your introduction because then you get the readers to care about what the rest of your paper is saying too. Up next, I think this is the fourth thing that we're talking about, the fourth, which is literature reviews. We've talked about this before in an episode. And so I'll gloss over this a little bit, but check it out. I'll link it into the description. Basically, in terms of how you want to write it right now, though, is of course you need to organize it so that it makes sense and the logic flow is very clear. So you want to organize this. Usually we do it in three different ways. The first is chronologically. This it may apply to you depending on what topic you're doing. And this by chronological order, I mean, like maybe start with the articles that are oldest and then lead your way into how the research has evolved to what it is today. That's chronological. And then, or you could also do it backwards, of course, and start with what the research is now today and then go back into the history behind it and stuff. The second way to organize your literature review is thematically. So what that would look like is you take the articles that you found and assign each a theme that you feel is representative of the overarching article. And then you discuss those key themes that you found. The third and final way that I'm going to talk about is methodologically methodologically try to say this word methodologically 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 okay you get you might not understand what i'm trying to say but basically by methodology that might be easier to understand so if there's like a key type of research methodology 
that is really important to your research and shows up as almost like a common theme throughout the papers that you reviewed, then organize it that way. Maybe you can discuss in this paragraph the first methodology. And then the second methodology is the second paragraph where there's like a bunch of papers that are examples of it and so on. So that is the literature review. And then the next section that I'm going to talk about, I think this is the fifth section, that is the methodology. This is where you talk about the methods that you used. And what's important that I want to say here is, and that you've probably not covered already yet, is why your methodology is relevant and maybe even where you got the inspiration from. Because if you just if you just made up your own study, that's fine too, but you probably had some sort of article that gave you that little sprinkle of inspiration. So you want to give credit to them. And this is also where you explain the tools and how you use them, which is typical and what you would expect. Okay, next section is findings, the sixth part. So that is where you, it's quite obvious, the word findings just explains what the section is talking about. It's where you present your data that you collected. It's where you explain the information that you found in a digestible way for the readers, of course, because you are the expert of your research. The readers aren't, right? They are not the people who have done and worked on your research for the past months or years. So you want to condense the information, but also give enough detail. And it's all about a very balancing act. So you want the readers to understand while at the same time learn about how your research can benefit and is really important. Next section, discussion. I think the seventh part that we're talking about, I don't know who's keeping track at this point. I'm just trying to make this more logical and organize for you. So the discussion is where you discuss the importance and significance of your new insights. And you may be like, is this kind of like the conclusion? What's the difference between this and the finding section or the conclusion section? And this is why the discussion is oftentimes not included in a research paper, because you can kind of do that already in the findings and the conclusion section. But oftentimes it can be useful to have a section for discussion where you want to go fully into why your results are relevant to your question and how they explain your research question. Whereas your research findings could just be solely like you stating exactly what the data was. Alrighty, next section, the conclusion! Finally, I think this is the eighth part. So this is where you summarize the main points and you also want to provide future research suggestions as a way to nicely like tie your research paper up and put a little bow tie on it, okay? Next, we're going to talk about the acknowledgements. Don't worry, we're almost done. I feel like this is like a true podcast episode now yeah. because we're Most talking of our so like much. episodes are like 10 minutes, so this is like double. The yeah. But a typical podcast episode is like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Some yeah. of them are even like an hour and a half or long. two hours even. Yeah. So we want to keep it brief and short for you though, so 
you don't have to go through like weeks and weeks of learning how to do research and then not even have the time to start your own research. Anyway, the acknowledgement section is where you give thanks. So this is the ninth part that we're talking about. And this is where you give thanks to people that may have supported you. It's usually like a short brief paragraph. If you received funding from people, that's also where you would definitely mention the institution or someone who gave you money to do your research. Jessica, you're looking at me in disbelief. Why? You can get money from research? Yes! You, if you have a great research idea that can benefit a lot of people and possibly even make money, you can receive a lot of, they call it research grants or funding to do your research. This funding could, I mean, it could be like, from those big institutions, especially if you're a, become an established professor or something, or profess, professional researcher, this funding can literally last like years, like years of salary for you to complete a research project. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the acknowledgement section, what I wanted to say is you can also give thanks to your research mentor here. It should be very brief. Okay, now the next section, this is the second, la second to last section that we're going to talk about today, which is the references section. And this is where, like we mentioned before, we have a whole nother episode about that. And that's where you give credit to existing research and make sure you do it in a consistent style. Finally, we have reached the appendices, which is plural for appendix so this is kind of like where you just dump information that was too detailed or too long to put in your main body since th these sections are already outside your main body okay after the conclusion your main body your main argument your main thesis and testing your hypothesis that's all like done you've already wrapped the bow tie on top with the conclusion okay now with the appendix, it's where you may want to put like information that you feel is relevant to your research but wasn't relevant enough to put into your main body because it's just too long. Like a lot of mathematicians may put a full length math like proof in this section because it's just too long to put in their main body is the point. Do I have to follow a certain order when writing the sections? That's a good question. There isn't a rigid schedule for which section you need to write first. Like, some people will tell you, you need to write the methodology section first. Don't go crazy over that. It can be helpful to write the methodology first and then your results, discussion, introduction and literature review then the conclusion abstract and finally the title you can that's a suggested way to write it usually but there is definitely no rigid schedule you just do it the way that you're comfortable with the way that i just recommended is because it kind of just makes sense sometimes like if you're designing your experiment then you can just write the methodology while you're at it and then once you get the results you can just write the results while you're at it 
and then so on. So that's all I have for you all today. And my closing question for this episode Jeez, is... Jeez, give them a break. Just let them catch their breath and go spend their time with the gosh darn research paper already. You know what? You're right. Okay, this episode will be special because there is no question for the end. That's it. I promise. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out details about stuff we reference, it's available in the show notes. Head over to research2empower.org to complete the masterclass. You don't have to submit a response for this question, but I strongly suggest you do it for the previous episodes and the future episodes. Tune in to the next episode where we will start the fifth and final section of this masterclass. Can you believe it? We're almost done. Wait, I thought we had four more. No. Next section will be the final section. Oh, wow. Which will have a couple of episodes, but it will be the last section. Oh, so we do have four more. Yes. But basically, this section will tell you how you can take your research to the next level, starting by thinking about how to get people to actually read your research. 